Hi, Newcastle Casino. Top five stories of the day coming up in exactly 15 minutes from now. Newcastle Casino. Real, we're real gamers come to play. We're hanging out at Cavens Construction on a Thursday, and it's just past the top of the hour of 11 o'clock with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank, which means we're joined by Joey Helmer, big brother from OUinsider.com. Joey, I feel like everyone's breathing a little easier. Everyone's calmed down a little bit. The concern, the frustration over maybe a lot of Texas love and not a lot of Oklahoma love in recruiting on the college football side of things. Feel like people are a little bit happier today, aren't they? <laughs> like we said last week, hey, take a deep breath. Everything's going to be fine. I think you're going to like July a little bit more than uh, maybe some of these uh, previous months. And uh, so far, it's manifesting itself. Oklahoma is. Moved up from the 40s to number 25 in their 24-7 sports composite rankings. And, uh, guys, I don't think they're going to stop there. I think there's more to come. So, I I guess with that in mind, Joey, you and I – well, you cover recruiting much closer than I do. But you and I have seen kind of Brenton Venables, right? And we've seen his personality. We've seen him coach. We've watched him up close. I don't have a problem with this mindset. Hey, if you commit, you're here. Uh, and, and I think it's a good thing going forward for Oklahoma that's only going to make them better in the long run. What's kind of been your take and what's been the reaction to this whole new mindset when it comes to recruiting? Well, I didn't realize from afar that uh, th- this is how Clemson was running their program. And right. y- you look at how good that uh, they, they have recruited. And Dabo Swinney has uh, really in- I think ingrained this philosophy in Brent Venables. Uh, when you look and see, obviously Oklahoma was recruiting at a, an elite level when Venables was here before under Bob Stoops. But um, I, I think that's something um, that he's kind of picked up in that, you know, if you're not 100% in with us, then then don't commit. We don't want you to commit and, and be on board uh, this ship, if you know you're not going to be, you know, having a life jacket and and on board for the, the longevity of this thing. And so uh, there's a commitment level there, um, if you will, that Venables is showing uh, not only the incoming players that he's bringing in, but also the players that are already on your roster. Uh, but I think that commitment you know, kind of bleeds over across the board. So I love it. I think it's uh, very much kind of an old school philosophy, if you will. And um, it's one that's paying off right now in a huge dividend. All right, let's get to the big story. Let's talk about the big story of the last 24 hours. Baker Mayfield on his way to, to Carolina. Your initial reaction, Joey, what do you think of the fit for Baker and Carolina? Well, I can't wait till week one when those two teams play each other. <laughs> I think it's going to go one of two ways. Either Baker's going to throw for like 700 yards and seven touchdowns, or um, he, he's going to somehow press a little bit too much and make some mistakes. But, no, I, I think it's, it's a good fit. It obviously needed to, to happen. I, I guess he took a, a little bit of a, a – cut from his pay to uh, to make it happen there. Uh, but 
this was a marriage that just was not going to work. I mean, it just wasn't. You heard his comments when he came back for his youth camp here recently and um, that there were going to have to be some major, major changes and Cleveland was going to have to reach out to him if it was going to work. And I think everyone's seen the writing on the wall for some time. So um, it's, it's good for him. I think um, Carolina is <laughs> getting a, a really – uh, potentially a really good player if he can return to his form from a couple of years ago and some of the things that uh, we obviously seen when he, saw when he was in, in college here. So um, I, I like uh, the fact that Cleveland went ahead and moved on. I think they had to. I don't think it was going to work for him. Um, and then also uh, Carolina, I feel like they really, really have to uh, to feel good about this thing moving forward. And then one final thought on it, it's, it's unfortunate. There's three, there's three Sooners that are on the Browns now, right? And they're all great dudes, and we all hope they make the roster and have a great career. Uh, in Mike Woods, obviously, and Perrion Winfrey and Isaiah Thomas, I don't think I'm missing anyone that's a Sooner that's on their roster. But I'm still, I'm still just almost in shock. And I'm an unabashed Baker supporter. But I'm in absolute shock, Joey, as to how Cleveland fans treat Baker. And it's a faction. It's not a large group. But you would have thought they just they just made a move where they got rid of a guy who is constantly in trouble and constantly a problem. I mean, this dude gave back to Cleveland. This guy was a constant as far as just being solid, and yet there's some people that couldn't get away from him quickly enough. I don't. I will never understand that from the Cleveland fan base. I will never understand it either, especially given the fact you, you look at their their history and their track record. Uh, has Cleveland had a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield in the last 30 years? No. No? I, I mean, <laughs> the guy won a playoff game for him. And, uh, I mean, heck, almost almost beat the Chiefs. I know Patrick Mahomes uh, gets hurt in that game, but how's them on the doorstep of uh, beating the, the Chiefs in the divisional round here a couple of years ago? And so uh, it's it's fascinating to me. Um, I, I don't know if it's just maybe some of the things that Baker says from time to time rub people the wrong way or what it is. I, I don't know. I tried to reason myself as to, to what those people up there are thinking. But uh, it really seems like they didn't appreciate um, what they had. And um, I, I dare venture to say that uh, they're, they're, they're going to regret not appreciating some of the things that they had here in Baker Mayfield. What's your reaction, Joey, to Dylan Gabriel named the Big 12 Newcomer of the Year and Michael Turk on the first team as a punter for Oklahoma and then crickets offensively and defensively beyond that, at least for the first team, uh, all Big 12 media team? Oh, I was uh, pretty vocal about my thoughts on it yesterday on Twitter. I think I I'm one of those guys that – doesn't really think the preseason team matters a whole lot. And, uh, you know, that's from someone in the media. The media decides this thing. And I I, I feel like a lot of times, though, uh, guys don't vote on this right. And I, I don't want to <laughs> criticize too many of my colleagues, but I think we look backwards too much instead of looking forward. Uh, we're, we're supposed to be projecting – 
the, the preseason team's supposed to be a projection of what the postseason team is going to look like. That's how I view it. Yes. And so uh, when you look, I, I had a real problem with a guy like Ethan Downs not being on there. Uh, yes, we can look and see, you know, uh, he, he played some, obviously a, a decent amount last year. And uh, the statistics aren't just all, all across the board. Aren't, I mean, aren't just jumping off the page at you, but then you look and project it. And Ethan Downs is a player that I think could be an absolute monster for Oklahoma's defense this year. I, I just, and that's one example um, I think there's other examples. Uh, Marvin Mims is another guy that kind of fits into that opposite where it's like, well, you can look at some of the things he's done, but also project uh, where he can take his game to another level. So I, it, I I try to temper things a little bit. I think I was a little irritated. I thought it was not good. I didn't like Spencer Sanders. Um, I think Dylan Gabriel is going to be the Big 12 first seen quarterback I think by the way he's going to be in the the running to to go to New York I think I said that before on the show so there were a lot of things I didn't like about it and and then saying all that it really doesn't matter it it just really doesn't I mean (laughs) I I don't know how else to say it but it's not really that big of a deal the thing is, it's funny because I was just thinking about how I would approach it if I if I had a vote, and you know some some would say the ballot needs to be who's the best players at the beginning of the year or you know who's who's deserving of that. Now I've always looked at it as who's going to have the best season. I think you and I feel the same. Who's going to be on it postseason, and that's why you know even. Even in me laying out guys that I would have pounded the table for earlier, I mentioned four or five guys. If it's the guys who I think are going to have the best season, then I'm definitely going to include a Danny Stutzman or an Ethan Downs in that conversation. If you're looking at it as a career award, then maybe a Deshaun White or a Jalen Redmond. But you know what? At the end of the day, what do we what do we see from Brent Venables on Twitter last night? Joey, it's just going to work his feel for these guys, and it's things that honestly you love to see. That's the part that that I I will concede is that these guys do see this. They they do see how people apparently feel about them, and that can fuel them in the month of July. In the month of you know August, as they're going through fall camp, but as they get into September and October, it's one of those things that you're on the field and you're worried about something that someone said about you when you're playing Nebraska in the third game of the season, that uh, that's almost an issue. It's about going out there and taking care of business and beating the man across from you at that point. So, uh, yeah, there's no doubt, though. I mean, at this time period, you you get any kind of motivation uh, you can have, and uh, that will be up on some lockers. I guarantee you it will be. Uh, we we only have uh, one All Big Twelve guy preseason. Uh, we have the newcomer of the year, and other than that, there, there's nothing. Guys, guys think like we're 2009 Baylor. Our only <laughs> I was looking yesterday, and our, our only player. It just reminded me of that. Like 
okay, the, the best player we have is our punter. I mean, okay now. <laughs> but, um, it, yeah, it, it was it was interesting to see some of the players um, kind of responding to it and everything. But uh, other than that, I, I just, again, I come back to it. It's just really not that big of a deal. It's to, it, it's talking point season, and um, it's another talking point as here we are in July. I think, you know, for me, just looking at it, it does a little bit speak to how maybe the media is viewing Oklahoma going into 2022. We'll see what the preseason poll looks like in short order, but just from – listening to national folks talk and reading the stories and the buzz out there, and I'm sure both of you guys have seen and read a lot of the same stuff, it's wildly different from what we saw going into 2021. What what has been some of your impressions, Joey, when you get asked for you know radio hits nationally and the 24-7 sports guys want you to – kind of come on and share your opinion on what you think about the 2022 Oklahoma Sooners. Has there been a different narrative on maybe what the ceiling is for this Oklahoma team? Well, our Josh Pate, uh, this was like a week, a week and a half ago, said that he thinks Brent Venables will be in the discussion for coach of the year if Oklahoma wins nine-plus games. And to me, that's like, I just, I I have a really tough time looking at Oklahoma's schedule. And and I'm not sitting here saying, you know, it's a super easy schedule. I think there is a four-game stretch there when you start with the game in Lincoln and to go K-State, TCU, and Texas. That's a pretty tough four-game stretch. But if Oklahoma goes three and one in that four-game stretch, I really don't see any way that they don't win more than nine games. I just don't. And, I mean, the Baylor game is at home. That sets up really nicely for them. You look, you got games at Iowa State and West Virginia. I just think that the schedule for Oklahoma is set up pretty well this year. And I've thought that for quite some time. I think they're going to be favored in most every game, if not every game. And so um, – yeah, it's a lot of it is just the pulse of the program. People ask right now, well, why is there a reason to be optimistic that uh, they could hit that over number? And uh, to, to me, it, it just it just jumps off the page why they, they could. I mean, I said in so many words there, the schedule. I think Oklahoma has a ton of talent on the roster. I, as I mentioned think Dylan Gabriel, if everything comes together, he's got a ton of playmakers. All the pieces are in order for him to have a great season um, and pick up some awards in the process. And then you get to talking about Brent Venables and uh, the energy that he brings um, right now that he's brought to the program and how much that has seemed to transform things. Um, I, I don't know if on a national level people are respecting yet as much as uh, maybe they should be, and then um, I I like your what you said about the uh, how the the media kind of perceives um, Oklahoma in terms of a more local basis. Um, I, I think they're they're buying into some of those things that have been said about um, this Oklahoma team, and maybe some of the question marks. And I have to wonder 
uh, with the voting. We'll see, like you said, here in short order, um, what the what the, the, the placement of the teams are going to be in the preseason poll. But uh, I will be surprised if Baylor is not number one. I wonder, I'm wondering aloud here, um, how much Oklahoma and Texas's move to the SEC has affected some of the media members that how how they vote maybe in this yeah. thing. Joey Helmer, OUinsider.com, at Joey Helmer 247. Great stuff as always, bud. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me on as always. I will take, oh, you're the man. At OUin, what am I saying? OUinsider.com, at Joey Helmer 247. Guests on the Plank Show. Join us on the Riverwind Casino line, Riverwind Casino, where we will be tomorrow from 9 to noon right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Quick break. When we come back, the Newcastle Casino top five stories today right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Pierce, the intern, is running the show today. I'm watching the highlights of the Yankees from last night. Have you heard the Pirates play-by-play announcer on the last home run? I think it would, what ended up being a final score last night? Was it 18 nothing or something ridiculous like that in the 16-0. Yankees game? 16-0. Thank you, Pierce. Thank you. I think the uh, – the comment was, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I've been there. I think if you went back and listened to the Oklahoma-UCLA game of 2019, while DJ Sanchez was the ultimate hype person, I was kind of done. I was like, ugh, it's just, let's let's go get, get ready for game two. <laughs> but I was kept up alive. Why? Because we have Patty Gasso and you don't. 11.25 on a... Thursday. You good, Josh Elmer? You ready to roll with the top five stories today? I'm ready. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Big story number five. Number five. All right, big story number five. We are in constant what's next in conference realignment mode. Now, as I like to say, and I know that there is a handful of people that uh, agree with me, and I know that there is a handful of people that disagree with me, but there is nothing, and I mean nothing, Josh Helmer, that college football reporters love to do more than what? Confirm a report. If there is a report out there, you'll have 8,000 different tweets. Of so I can confirm this report of so-and-so. This report of so-and-so, I can confirm. So I'm always wary of a report that comes out that isn't confirmed 8,000 times on my timeline because college football reporters love to confirm reports. So, in fact, uh, Leffelholtz pointed this out to me during the break. Braden Keith, never heard of in my life. Am I bitter that he's... Uh, verified and has fewer followers than me, you bet. I'm even more shocked by trying to figure out what in the world swim, swam news is. But here we are. Because nothing says a dude with his finger on the pulse of conference realignment more than a guy that covers swimming. North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, and Virginia are all negotiating to join the SEC. ESPN is trying to avoid their TV deal with the ACC. Now, that's one report that's out there. Meanwhile, if you're not necessarily buying what Braden Keith is selling, maybe you want to start buying a little bit more of what John Wilner is selling. 
Now, what do we hear, Josh, all the time about conference realignment right now? The Big 12 is in a better spot. The Pac-12 is hurt because they just lost their two schools. The Big 12 is in a place of power, right? We hear that a lot. We do. We do, we do, we do. John Wilner and Ross Dellinger hold up their finger or their number two pencil and go, ah, 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 not so fast. According to Wilner, the conference could explore an alliance could the Pac-12 one that is legally binding with the ACC. Now we know how well that went. To create a bi-coastal super league that would serve as a counterweight to the SEC and the Big Ten. The source told John Wilner, I can tell you the presidents of each league would love to be academically aligned with the other. The merger would combine the best football brands not accounted for, Washington, Oregon, Clemson, Miami, and Florida State, and relegate the Big 12 to permanent third-class status. Now, you might ask yourself, why would the ACC agree to this? Well, they might not. The ACC possesses more stability than both the Big 12 and the Pac-12, we think, because its members have bound their media rights to the conference until 2036. But because of that lengthy deal, the ACC cannot increase its media rights package without restructuring. A merger with the Pac-12 could open that door to additional revenue, but would it be enough? Yeah, I think it's a big-time mistake, the approach the Pac-12 is taking here. And really the ACC, too, for that matter. For them to be uh, holier than thou and basically to tell these to – to basically say publicly and behind closed doors to tell the Big 12 to get lost once right. again, do you not realize what hold you – do you not realize what the future holds for you? Oregon and Washington eventually are gone. They will be gone. Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, Virginia perhaps, they will be gone. And it's going to be a tough conversation here pretty soon to then go trotting back with your tail between your legs. Hey, Big 12 Conference. Hey, Oklahoma State. Hey, Baylor. Hey, TCU. Hey, Texas Tech. Hey, Kansas. We'd love to, we love to set something up here to where we sure. could play some games in the non-conference, maybe work out a challenge moving forward. The arrogance to act like the Big 12 isn't worth their time and to not have any foresight on what the future of this might look like, I just think is a total miscalculation. But let me ask this. Let me, let me play devil's advocate to your point. What if Notre Dame doesn't join a conference and they decide to stay independent? And what if the TV networks say, okay, we're happy with where the Big Ten and the ACC is, and the, or the Big Ten and the SEC is? Is there a chance that maybe we don't see as much earth-shattering moves and that we kind of stay where we are for a while? There's a chance, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a small chance, though. Well, I just think, you know, regardless of what Notre Dame does, if, if Notre Dame wants to, again, remain independent and they value that and they feel they still have the scheduling flexibility – that they want, even as the Big Ten and SEC perhaps continue to expand, if they have access to that scheduling flexibility and they feel they have the path to win a national championship and they don't want to join one of those conferences, that's all well and good. It's not going to stop Clemson and Florida State and 
Miami from sniffing around and saying, why the heck are we getting $30 million less a year than Alabama and Ohio State and Michigan? And maybe more than that less a year. So to me, I I just think it's still inevitable that Clemson, Florida State, schools like that, even if it's just those two, join the SEC at some point because they do have value. They will bring up the – shares per year for the members in the SEC. I think. I mean, I think they have the cachet to do that for the SEC. I think it does add to the footprint. I think it does add ratings. So when that's the case, eventually the Big Ten, what are they going to do? They're going to match that move by the SEC, and the Oregons and the Washingtons of the world are going to be in the Big Ten regardless of what Notre Dame does. Notre Dame's the big white whale out there. That's the big fish that everybody wants, but these conferences, in my opinion, will still continue to expand regardless of what Notre Dame does. In other words, maybe the Big 12 could entice, and maybe either the Big 12 or the ACC could entice that kind of alignment with a Pac-12 because they can say, listen, we're not going to make you sign a grant of rights. So we understand that if the Big Ten comes calling, you're going to go. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's a tact that could work for either side. Because, I mean, you're not going away. You're not going to magically disappear. Because there's not going to be a landing spot for the Kansas States and the Oregon States and, you know, the Iowa States of the world. You know, no offense to any of those schools. And most of the Big 12 schools aren't going to be in that mix. And they could benefit because, you know, Arizona's not going to be poached. Arizona State's not going to be poached. Your, your big concern would be Oregon and Washington. That's why I think if I'm the Big 12, and because I, I agree with you, I push that deal for the Pac-12 and try to bring them all under the same umbrella and say, no, we're not going to make you sign a grant of rights. Go if you want. Because we'll still be good as a 14, 16, 18-team conference, whatever, if some of you guys decide to go to other schools. I, that's me. I could be wrong. But I love the idea of the Big 12 still being aggressive. Um, and I don't care if the Pac-12 is like, well, you know, we're looking at this with the ACC. I think you're looking at it, no, 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 your best opportunity is right here. And then what does it come down to more than anything else, Josh? Who does Fox want? What does ESPN want? I just think it's – no, you're, you're right. I mean, it, it does come down to ultimately what do Fox and ESPN want and who are they willing to invest in. I think for me that it's just laughable – that the Pac-12 and the ACC are basically trying to sit there and treat the Big 12 Conference and Oklahoma State and Baylor and TCU and all these schools around here. Like, the Big 12 added some nice schools. Cincinnati, Central Florida, BYU, Houston. It's a nice league. Look, is it the Big 10 or the SEC? No, it's not. But for them to sit there and shrug their noses up at it and think that the Big 12 is going to be this third-class citizen compared to the Pac-12 and the ACC? (laughs) Who do you think you are? Well, the Pac-12 and the ACC. That's who they think they are. They think they're above everyone. They tried to put together an alliance. It got stabbed in the back. So what are they going to do? Oh, let's try this again. Uh, And again, I understand the – a uh, swimming reporter that has the report out of North out, about North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, and Virginia negotiating the SEC. I will continue to add Nicole Arbach, Adam Rittenberg, give me a couple other college football reporters. Pete Thamel, who am I leaving out? Ross Dellinger. These people love to confirm reports. If this is legit, you'll get a confirmed report. I can confirm what Braden Keith is reporting. He is not out clout chasing to get more followers and see how many likes he can get on this tweet. 
I've decided there's two things that get more traction right now. Traction. On social media than anything, Josh. One is an alleged sourced report on the future landing spot of a conference. And number two is how much money an alleged NIL deal is making somebody. Yes. If you can if you, if you can throw a tweet out there that says, I heard the guy that signed with Miami got $4 million, you're going to get all the likes. If you have a sourced sources that uh, I hear Virginia is going to the SEC, all the likes. Let's wait and see if it's confirmed. All right, let's hustle through this. Big story number four. Number four, Oklahoma continued a solid recruiting push uh, over the last 24 hours, including there we ah, go, including the, the commitment of 2023 four-star wideout Jaque. Am I saying Jaquez? Jaquez Petaway is my understanding. Okay. Senior at Langham Creek High School in Houston, Texas, number four wide receiver in the 2023 class who could be on his way to being a five-star. Petaway's commitment gives the Sooners 11 pledges for the class of 2023 and moves them into the top 25. Big story number three. All right, uh, here's the latest on Kevin Durant and his free his attempt to get out of Brooklyn. He requested a trade. There's been numerous stars that I've spoken to, numerous stars that have been trying to get in touch with him to pick his brain to see if he would consider other avenues, KD is going dark. He's not talking to anybody. Radio silence from Kevin Durant. Maybe he's on vacation. Meanwhile, um, Brian Windhorst had an interesting theory on what the what what's going on in Utah. What's going on in Utah? But he had an interesting theory on what could be. Ah, this is too long. You know, it, we'll hold off on the Donovan Mitchell conversation until later. Josh, game two of Chet Holmgren, not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. I'm excited about this kid's future. I'm not getting too carried away because it's the Summer League and Kevin Knox was the MVP of the Summer League a couple years ago, and we're not too far removed from, oh, gosh, who was the Michigan kid? Mitch McGarry lighting up the Orlando Summer League and everyone telling me that he was the next Magic Johnson in a Thunder uniform. Um, But I've been impressed with what I've seen from Chet Holmgren so far. Yeah, obviously game two wasn't, you know, nearly as good as his debut, but I'm with you. I mean, he's – Shown some positive signs, like you said. I, you know, look, it's going to be very difficult for me to react super positively or negatively based on what we see in the NBA Summer League. But a lot of what we thought he would be, the the rim protection, the shooting, we've seen that, and that's great. Big story number two. Baker Mayfield is now a member of the Carolina Panthers. They worked on his contract. Browns will still pay $10 million. The what the Panthers pick up about five. He has three million he can make back up in bonuses, but Baker's on his way to Carolina. Now I guess we're all kind of waiting to see what San Francisco does with Jimmy Garoppolo and if Baker will get the call in week one when the Panthers take on the Browns. And big story number one. The All-Big 12 team in college football did not include a Sooner on the first team outside of the punter, Michael Turk. Meanwhile, on the defensive side of things, no, no, no love there either. Keep in mind, Wanya Morris was a first-team All-Big 12 selection last year and played in six games. Don't get too carried away. Don't get too upset. But Brent Venables took notice throughout a tweet last night, and he is fired up to motivate his guys. There's your top five stories today presented by Newcastle Casino. Chris is going to join us when we come back to talk about what's going on here at Cavens and... 
We'll wrap things up with some of your air comfort solutions text right here on the Home of Sooner. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. We are live from Cavens today, and we're pumped to spend a few minutes with our man Chris, who runs the roofing operations here for Cavens. What's going on, Chris? How are you? Good, good. Uh, good to be indoors. Are you a baseball oh, I would say so. <laughs> you a baseball guy? Are you kidding me? I thought so. Yes. Do you play fantasy baseball? No, that's not baseball. That's not baseball. <laughs> no. I have a friend of mine who plays He was talking about fantasy baseball last night, and the numbers they get into, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't either. You got Who's your team? You're a Yankees guy? No. Uh, no. I'm, you just uh, like baseball. I am. Um, well, now since we've got the uh, – the L.A. Dodgers right. in Oklahoma City. I'm, you know, it's, I'm who's ever closest. Welcome I love to Texas, too. Welcome to the team. Um, I'm a diehard Dodger fan. We are terrible. Um, uh, well, let me rephrase that. The Dodger fans are terrible because it's like World Series or bust, right? So now they can't enjoy anything. I love going to the AAA games. I just saw the future. Uh, the future All-Stars were announced, and there's a bunch of Dodgers that are on that team. Cade Cavalli, former Sooner, is going to play in the future All-Star games. So, yeah, though I do like um, – I do like the indoor games, though. We can get a little bit more AC. <laughs> how is how is it? You can't get on roofs right now. No, you? no, it's it's too hot. I mean, I was out there looking at some stuff that we finished, like on fences and stuff like that. Uh, in my, I was going to take pictures, and my phone wouldn't work because it's overheated, and it says, you know, you got to cool it down before it'll work again. I was like, geez, well, <laughs> all right, but uh, you can't work on it. Um, but you, you can still kind of keep tabs and see where people are, right? We can. When we put a roof on, we do it early morning. We started one uh, like 6 this morning, uh, and then and we'll do it uh, and still do it one day. We'll do it two mornings, and it just uh, it works out pretty good. So with that in mind, what should we be keeping an eye on then? Oh, jeez. A little bit of everything. Overheating. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're doing a lot right now. I'm doing a lot of uh, – Supplements, working with insurance companies. I just got off the phone, you know, with USAA, and just we're just we help people. A lot of times, people don't. Again, they don't understand the the their insurance paperwork and how it works, and um, you know, how do these people just leave me a five thousand dollar check and it's going to be twelve thousand dollars to right. get my roof repair? How what am I going to do? I can't do it. And then they just they didn't sit down and explain them, you know, how it works, and and uh, they will get that full once they get their roof replaced, they will get the additional funding coming through. And so, and we just kind of help people. I mean, a lot of times you just don't do, uh, uh, you do a lot in Oklahoma more than, than other states, obviously, but a lot of people, first time home buyers or, or they just never had a claim. Um, they really don't know what they, they don't know where to go. They don't, uh, understand it. It's kind of hard unless you've been doing it a long time. So we make it easy for them. We just represent them and and uh, and make sure that uh, you know everything is is okay. We don't again. We never try to get anything that the homeowner doesn't deserve. We just make sure they they get what they do deserve. So uh, it, it's it's a challenge too. I'm an I'm a moron when it comes to insurance, right? I don't I don't have any idea. Uh, I'm also a moron when it comes to my roof. Thankfully, you make me smart by the, the conversations we have. But you take the challenges out of all of that. If you're uninformed and you're like, I need a new roof, Chris here at Cavens, you can take care of everything from the conversations with the insurance people to making sure you get what you need. Right, exactly. We represent them, uh, uh, and it, it's just so much easier in the, in the – the homeowner's happy. Everybody's happy. The insurance company's happy because the the their customer, the homeowner, is happy, and they continue. So it, it's especially when a big storm. There's just uh, it's just going to the next one, going to the next one, going to the next one, and uh, 
And a lot of these homeowners, they need someone to just sit down and kind of go over everything slow. And if they have any questions, answer it. And, you know, uh, it doesn't take a whole lot of time, but uh, it sure has them understanding um, what the adjustment, the, their insurance company is doing and is not doing. And if they've missed something, uh, there's things that we can do to, to make it right with them. And, uh, and the insurance likes, they like it. They like working with us. We work with them all the time. And, and, uh, so we don't, you know, we don't try to ask for things that they don't deserve or something that's, that's crazy. You know, uh, we just try to do what's right uh, for, for both parties. And I'll let you go on this. The bottom line, more than anything else, trust local, trust Cavens. Don't fly by night. These incredible deals, like you said, you get this $5,000 check, and next thing you know, your roof is $12,000. Right, right. And then, you know, later down the road, too, if you ever have a roofing problem five years down the road, you know, uh, there's, we've done a whole bunch of, of work and repairs on people that, that didn't do it right or tried to skip, and, and then they got leaks and trying to get a hold of a, you know, a company in, in Texas or Kansas to come fix a lake or take a look at it. Good luck. <laughs> and uh, so, you're right, just uh, make it easy. You know, I mean, we're here to help because, you know, besides roofing, we do a whole lot of other things too. So uh, we make sure everything's right from the carpet cleaning to the roofing and everything else because uh, – I mean, there's a lot of stuff we can do to help the people in Norman and, and you know, around here, too, and, and now Tulsa and, and Texas as well. So uh, we're a good company. Uh, we know what we're doing, and uh, we'd like to, like to, you know, help them out. CavinsConstruction.com. Chris, thanks, buddy. Thank you, man. What's up, Mom? Uh, hey, Mom, 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 Dad. Man, I love you. Appreciate you. All right, guys. <laughs> See you, Thank bud. you. That's Chris from here at Cavins. We'll take a time out, and when we come back, when we come back, we'll wrap things up with your texts. Some final thoughts before – Steelman's not back today, right? I mean, it would be impossible that he was just literally in the airport in the Bahamas and is suddenly back on his show today. So, Parker Thune, uh, the entire crew coming up next for the 86th the Steelman and Thune show. We'll wrap things up from Cavens after this on the Home of Sooner. I saw a really good point, and it's something I've been trying to say quite a bit on this show, but because – uh, I'm not a big deal. Maybe someone like Matt Brown will resonate or resonate more with you. Um, he said, listen, the people that are actually in the know are a very, very small group of people when it comes to conference realignment. Very small. So when you see things like sources have told me this or I'm hearing this, I Every single one of those I'm taking with a grain of salt. It's just me. I'm a skeptic on it. Been burned too many times. But as Matt wrote, speaking from experience, the number of people at a school who really know what's happening with realignment is pretty small and gets smaller the more money is involved. Ask yourself, how likely is the source you're reading actually connected to those people? Josh, how many people had projected Oklahoma's move to the SEC? How many reports did you see about that leading up to it? None. Uh, none outside of uh, a bombshell that got dropped, uh, what, <laughs> there, down happened. there from Houston. So that's my challenge to you. Um, and uh, Pierce did point this out and sent it to us, so I want to make sure that I spread the word. Because Sunday is the Major League Baseball draft. We expect to see two, maybe three Sooners go in the first round. And two of those were instrumental in a program record. 644 strikeouts this season for the Sooners. They broke their previous high of 608 in 2018, which means 
You come to Oklahoma, Skip Johnson's going to teach you how to strike some guys out. Just further magnification of how awesome the run was this year, right, Josh? No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, magical. And a lot of those Ks, man, they racked those up up in Omaha. Gosh, I'm still kind of freaking out. I'm going to go look under my hood as soon as I leave here at Cavens. But I did want to leave with a couple Air Comfort Solutions texts. Uh, Burley Boomer writes, shocking that the national perception of OU football and its program is coinciding with the reputation of Lincoln Riley and how great he was as our coach. The local perception is so very different than the national perception. In Coach Venables, we trust. Let's go. I still feel the same way, don't you? I do. The local perception is so much different than the national perception of OU right now. Yeah, I, I think locally – Folks feel like Oklahoma's the favorite in the Big 12 Conference, though obviously Baylor's the defending champion. I think I think most people around here expect uh, OU to go win this league. And we'll see if they do it. Most? Not all, but most. And then finally, Big Bad Wolf with the tweet of the day. Browns fans are the most ungrateful, undeserving of a franchise team ever. They're simply arrogant, condescending, ignorant, state stupid, and godly and finally, godly, and finally, I hope Baker kills it. I wish somehow Carolina makes the playoffs and makes Cleveland look in the mirror and say, this was a huge mistake. I've said it from day one, the signing of, of Deshaun Watson, or trade for Deshaun Watson, an eventual signing. It either ends up being the greatest trade in the history of mankind or the absolute worst. And adding to the absolute worst could be Baker going to Carolina and crushing it. And either A, being their quarterback of the future, or B, setting himself up to be a stud somewhere else in 23, whether it's Tampa, New Orleans, Vegas, wherever. Josh, have a great rest of your day, my man. You too, buddy. Take uh, take care of yourself. Avoid those snakes. I'm going to be with my hood up, making sure there's not a snake sleeping in my motor. For beers, for Josh on Plank Show, never stops on Twitter at Plank Show at Josh on Rev. Parker Thune, coming up next right here on the Home Sooner Fans.